been about four months since Secretary of State Scott Schwab expressed confidence in the election in Kansas. Still, some state legislators are considering significant changes to the election system. Voting rights activists say these measures under review by Republican-led committees could cut thousands of ballots in future elections or make access to voting harder. Republican legislators argue reform is necessary to increase an all-time low public confidence in elections. This is the Kansas Reflector Podcast. I'm Noah Taborda. In this episode, we take a look back at a week full of election conversation and controversy in the Kansas legislature. First, a House debate over a resolution declaring the For the People Act of 2021 as a fraught federal effort erupted in a lengthy procedural dispute. That measure, commonly known as H.R. 1, is a U.S. House election overhaul bill meant to expand voting rights access to the ballot box. Recently, the Kansas House Elections Committee passed out a resolution that called on Kansas congressional delegation to reject H.R. 1, but not without disagreement from Democratic members. That disagreement poured over onto the House floor Wednesday amid a self-admittedly lengthy analysis of the federal legislation by Representative Vic Miller, a Topeka Democrat. I fully expect before I'm done that a lot of people are going to grow impatient, and I do not mean by pointing out the various provisions of these bills or this bill, that they necessarily have to follow along. I understand that probably everyone in this room had their mind made up on how they were going to vote before I got down here. And here's a bit of Miller's explanation on provisions in H.R. 1. Moving on to the next section. It's entitled, Access to Voting for Individuals with Disabilities. Requires states to promote access to voter registration and voting for persons with disabilities and older individuals, such as some of you. Funds grants are granted to improve voting accessibility for persons with disability and creates a pilot program to allow persons with disability to register and vote from home. Why would anyone of you have a problem with that? Why would you condemn a bill in Congress that was trying to assist persons with disabilities in the process of voting. I don't get it. Miller called it a blatantly partisan measure and a waste of time. He provided an explanation on hundreds of pages of the election administration legislation before he was shut down by the supermajority. After huddling with other legislators for about 25 minutes, Representative Fred Patton, a Topeka Republican, delivered that ruling from an obscure provision of Mason's Rules of Order to silence Miller. The chair recognizes the rules chair, Representative Patton. Thank you, Madam Chair, and and thank you, body. I apologize for the the time we were back there, but we wanted to make sure um, we went through these provisions closely, and uh, these are are not provisions of our rules we've we've used often, so we wanted to make sure we understood them. After much debate, um, we we did find that the speaker um, violated, and as it says in here, an ancient governing an ancient rule governing debate that someone should not be tedious. And uh, we have found that he was being tedious. Supporters of the resolution said it was important to express disapproval for a bill that would diminish the accuracy of voter registration lists and open the door to hackers. Representative Tatum Lee Hahn, a Nest City Republican, said every vote for the resolution was a vote for liberty. I'm so thankful to be living in the land of the free and the home of the brave. I'm thankful that we do, we do have the option to vote freely without fear of retaliation or retribution of any kind. H.R. 1 is dangerous to America. 
In a time where many have lost faith in our election process due to a stolen presidential election, we must fight back to send a powerful message to the rest of the country. Kansas will not allow our elections to be subverted any longer. Later that day, the House Elections Committee carried over its conversation to a panel hearing on five Senate bills not yet approved by their colleagues across the rotunda. Davis Hammett, CEO and president of Loudlight, questioned the need for the hearing on Senate bills 11, 35, 94, 292, and 293. He said there was not a clearly defined issue these bills would address in Kansas. On the contrary, he opined the bills would create dilemmas. Again, with all these bills, the biggest question is, is there a clearly defined problem? And this is a, is there a carefully crafted solution to that problem? And I would argue there's really neither here. Uh, no problem has been identified in this state. There's accusations of things that happen in other states, other states that have extremely different election laws than us. Here's a quick breakdown of each bill and what those testifying in the measures had to say. Senate Bill 292 would prohibit any person from delivering more than five advanced ballots on behalf of other voters. Proponents of the measure said this was to limit the practice of so-called ballot harvesting. Basically, any voter can assist any voter and be involved in the most intimate part of the voting process, i.e. the filling out of the ballot and marking of the ballot, and then also be involved in the transmittal of that ballot to the election office. That was Ryan Krieghauser former Kansas Deputy Secretary of State under Chris Kobach, testifying in support of the bill. So they know what's on the ballot, and then they themselves transmit that as a third party, not a member of the government, uh, and they can do that without limit. And so they can do that with any number of people. Whereas I think the intent of the law prior to Cure was to um, at least limit that assistance to certain individuals. Um, so that's kind of where we started. So. As a public policy uh, standpoint, you're left with a few paths on how to deal with this. I mean, do you um, try and limit who gets assistance? And um, I've been involved with election uh, legislation for a while, and that gets very hard and difficult. And I'm sure uh, folks at the DRC would agree with me on that, that that's probably not the, the right way to go. But that's up to this committee, of course. So what we've done in Senate Bill 292 is instead just try and cap the number of ballots that a third party is able to take to the election office. That's all this bill is intended to do. Opponents noted that ballot harvesting was not a significant issue documented in Kansas. Representative Miller took time in the committee to sound off on this piece of election legislation as well. Why should there be a threshold? If six of my constituents trust me to return their ballot and they request that I do it, why do I have to tell person number six that I can't? I do offer to the voters in my district to return their ballot, particularly this last year when many of them did not trust the mail. And, and mind you, I didn't put any duress on them. I simply said I was available. And they could call if they chose to. As it turns out, many people, believe it or not, trusted me to return their ballot, and they asked me to do that. But I'm trying to understand what the public policy is here if person number six calls and asks me to do the very thing I did for the first five people, why I should have to say, no, I can't do that. I'll just bring a volunteer with me and we'll substitute them for me. Next, Senate Bill 293 would not permit counties to accept or spend funds outside of their appropriated budget. Any excess spending would require a budget amendment. 
According to the Reviser, this bill is in response to $350 million donated by Mark Zuckerberg to a nonprofit which was distributing grants to election offices around the country. Stephen Green of the Opportunity Solutions Project raised concerns about possible stipulations attached to these funds. Grants often have stipulations. If you're going to receive the money, it's just not, here's $500,000, here, here are the stipulations if you're going to receive the grant. Specifically in Wisconsin, uh, they were assigned or they required mentors to be involved in the election administration process and given unprecedented access um, to the, to the uh, process. And I'm just going to point out, for the sake of time, one of the most important aspects of our elections uh, process is the idea that people have to have faith in the results and they have to trust the process. I think anything that requires uh, strings attached to grant grants uh, in local elections can obviously create an air of undermining that process. Davis Hammett chimed in again on this bill. He expressed concern the measure could have broad and unintended consequences. This bill is, um, it appears to outlaw accepting even volunteers. Uh, it's a common thing to have volunteer poll workers who choose to either receive funds or to do it as a volunteer, have volunteer or uh, donated polling spaces, which happen for some of the big arenas. And then also it's written so broadly that it says that election officials, uh, the election administration can't accept anything of value, even if it's indirectly related to elections, which seems to even apply that if a, essentially if another county office got a grant and that grant helps pay for a facility that the election office is also housed in, that would be um, a crime. And I believe this bill actually makes it a felony. It turns the election official into a felon if they are involved in accepting this volunteer work um, or these donations. Hammett said on top of that, grants like these could be used to address the cost of instituting other pricier legislation, like Senate Bill 94. This measure would amend existing law by banning county officials from using certain voting machines that do not provide a verified paper trail of the votes cast. According to the Kansas Association of Counties and the Secretary of State's office, fewer than 10 counties do not already have these machines. Still, enactment of SB 94 would mark a significant policy change, said Katie Kopal, a spokesperson for the Secretary of State's office. Some opponents said provisions creating a margin of error audit would introduce more voter confusion. Rather than certify results, it would provide a percentage confidence that the results are correct. Mike Burgess, with the Disability Rights Center of Kansas, urged legislators to consider how limiting the voting machines could make voting more confusing. Mike Burgess, with the Disability Rights Center of Kansas, urged legislators to consider how limiting the voting machines could make voting more confusing. To actually have fully accessible, you know, the best practice wouldn't just be the ballot marking device because somebody who is blind um, to be able to vote without assistance, they, they can't. The issue is that transporting of the ballot and feeding it into the ballot counter. And so there are machines that allow for completely unassisted voting. And that's, uh, as the Secretary of State or previous conferee said, um, some of those machines exist in counties today that have that capability. Typically, like here in Shawnee County, they just print them and then you go and transport it to a ballot marking device. The best practice nationally is where you can have that fully accessible where a voter can vote without assistance. And the machines, the technology is there. Um, and so uh, we would encourage you to tread lightly, you know, to not, uh, to, you know, to allow technology to help fill this void uh, because the goal would be to allow voters to vote without assistance and to ensure that privacy. Because again, it is their, it is their right, it's their, vo their vote. 
and um, to allow the technology to allow them to vote without assistance. Two more bills were scheduled to be discussed before the committee ran out of time. Senate Bill 11 was introduced by a coalition of Senate Republicans. The bill would make it a crime to alter or backdate the postmark of an advanced ballot. Senate Bill 35 would remove the option to extend the time of receipt of advanced ballots following an election. Lastly, Senate Bill 307, a bill approved by a Senate panel Friday, would also amend the time frame for receipt rules. It requires that advanced voting ballots be returned to the county election office by the day of the election, rather than by Friday, as it is currently in law. Voting rights advocates said removing the three-day buffer would disenfranchise thousands of Kansans, but the Senate Federal and State Affairs Committee Friday capped off the Election Reform Pact week by passing the bill out to the full chamber for consideration. Uh, I want to make sure we have a fair election, I want to have a transparent election, and I want to make sure we have a secure election. We've heard a lot of things, and, and again, Kansas was not a problem, according to uh, what the Secretary of State's office has said. We ran a very good ship. But that is not true for all the rest of the states. We do not want to open ourselves up to have those things come into Kansas. And that's what was attempted yesterday. I think that's what's attempted today. So with that, I'm going to to work this bill, and I'm going to move that we approve Senate Bill 307. Davis Hammett estimated over 32,000 ballots cast in the 2020 election would have been nullified under this bill. Senator Ethan Corson, a Prairie Village Democrat who has spent time working on election reform, recoiled at the idea of approving such a measure regardless of intent provided by legislators. I think the reason that people are concerned about the integrity of our elections is not because there's been any problems, not because there's any evidence of that there, be, there are problems. It's that uh, we have people who, for political advantage, are deliberately misinforming voters about the security of our elections. There have not been these problems that the chairman just referenced in, in quote, other states. That has just not been borne out by the facts. I mean, I'm a lawyer. I want to see evidence. There is no evidence. Um, and so the fact that voters are being misinformed by people who are trying to take advantage of them for political reasons about the security of our elections, I would just say, bring me the facts. Bring me the evidence. Show me where this voter fraud is happening. Show me where these unsecure elections are taking place. Um, because I just haven't seen it, you know. And look, I... I I, I don't, you know, claim to know what anybody's intent is, but I'm not worried about what anybody's intent is. I'm worried about what the effect of the law is. And what we've heard is that the effect of the law is that it would make it harder for people to vote. It would make it harder for disabled people to vote. It would make it harder for people who live in rural areas to vote. So at the end of the day, I think our intent is a little bit irrelevant. Uh, and I don't question anybody's intent, but what matters is the effect of this law. And the effect is that this law is point blank a voter suppression law. The vote of five in favor and three against by the committee silenced all debate and capped the week of election legislation controversy. This episode of the Kansas Reflector podcast was hosted and produced by myself, Noah Taborda. Senior reporter Tim Carpenter will be back in the host chair next week. Until then, thanks for listening.